This week at church, Pastor Robin McKinley continues the summer series, The Summer of Faith. We need to understand every dream of God has an element of risk attached to it. It requires a step of faith. You can join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on 426 Laurelwood Road in Pottstown. That's right by the Coventry Mall. Also, if this ministry has touched you in any way, please send us an email at info at c3pottstown.com. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. All right, we're continuing on with our uh, um, series. Before I, I go there, next week, not this coming week, but the next week, uh, Cindy and I are going to be at general counsel. Uh, pray for the general counsel, if you will. If you want to uh, hear the, uh, the evening uh, services, Ooh, I guess you'd have to be up pretty, loud, pretty late to, uh, to get them live because it's in California. But they are going to stream the uh, evening sessions. And they're also, they'll have a lot of the sessions uh, archived. There's a... Uh, um, uh, an app that uh, you can get on. I think it's GC17, but I'm not sure. I'll, I'll get uh, someone to announce that next week that you can see what's going on through the app um, at General Council. So that's going on the, um, six, the 7th through the uh, 10th. I believe it is, or the 11th, something like that. But it's the first full week of, uh, of August. So pray for us. We're going to be traveling out there. And uh, pray for the uh, general council that we would be doing God's will, putting people into positions that need to be in positions that God wants in positions. Amen. Oh, I was going to mention that. The teamies are also going. They're, going, they're le actually leaving earlier than we are and doing a little vacationing there. Uh, they are going to, uh, it's the same venue, but different. Uh, they're going to the youth services. Josiah will be performing at uh, Fine Arts, and um, then they're, they're going to be attending the youth services, which are uh, absolutely electrifying to be in those. So young people, I'm pretty sure you can uh, see those services archived also. I'm if you're going to watch anything live, it's going to be really, really late for you. But uh, just keep in mind, you, you can watch them on, uh, the, uh, on this thing, the, the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I just learned in a staff meeting less than a year ago, there's a difference between social media and the Internet. I have no idea what the difference is, okay? I just was told there's a difference between the two. So... Uh, and I really don't care if I know, as long as they know. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All right, now we're going to our series that we're, we're working on, A Summer of Faith. A Summer of Faith. There, there's a singular truth in advertising that doctors have made to us. Every time you walk into the doctor's office, where do you go? The waiting room, yeah. And that's, that's advertising. It's advertising exactly what it is, a waiting room. You know, 
in today's society, today's age, the way everything goes, we are always in a hurry, aren't we? I mean, did you ever find your, well, I shouldn't say all, all people are in a hurry, because have you found yourself in a hurry when somebody else isn't? Yeah. I mean, have you ever found yourself needing to get in and out of a store and you see the line that <clears throat> at the checkout that goes way past the sign that says, if more than three people are in line, we'll open another checkout? Yeah. Or have you uh, ever been in a hurry where God hasn't been? Oh, let's not go there. Let's talk about waiting in line at Walmart. At least we can complain about that. Yeah. One of the most difficult things to do is to sit in God's waiting room. This is when we want something to change, like our job, a relationship, a family emergency, an illness. We're called to do something. We don't know exactly what it is. It's totally out of our control. And so we need to learn to keep faith while we're waiting upon the Lord. You know, after Solomon made this incredible statement, to everything there is a season, he gives various examples. And some of those are a time to be born, a time to die, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to gain, a time to lose. And then he goes on to say, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. You know what he's saying here? He's saying nobody knows what God does behind the scenes. Just like other places, nobody knows what happens behind the scenes. Well, Solomon is, is saying that God does everything right on time, right when it's supposed to happen, but our problem is we don't understand why he's doing something or what he's doing. Well, God never pulls any punches. In Isaiah, we just read it this week. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So things don't always go the way we think they should. And what happens is we end up spending time in God's waiting room. So in our series, now we're actually going to take a look in Romans, but before we get to Romans, let's take a look at Genesis, okay? And I think the first, uh, Genesis 12, we're going to kind of go through some chapters real quick in Genesis. Um, we're going to look at, uh, to keep believing, we need to keep believing, or we need to keep the faith while we are waiting. While we are waiting. Now there's a, a word that we could use for that, and I, I'm going to say it because I know some of you are wondering what it is, and others are going to say, no, no, please don't say it, don't say it. Patience. Patience. 
patience. All right, well, we're going to look at Abraham. Abraham was given a promise of becoming a great nation. But he had to wait for years for his first child. So we're actually going to start on the first side of your notes. There's no blanks to fill in there. What did Abraham do while he waited? What do we need to do while we wait? I'd like to look at six phases which faith move, which moves faith, or faith moves, and these are really not rigid, they're not inflexible, they kind of happen in our life here and there. But the first one is in the scripture, Genesis 12, 2, I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great, you will be a blessing. This is God talking to Abraham. So the first thing is God's dream. Abraham was around 75 years old when God gave him this dream. The dream, he would become a great nation. A dream is something that God often starts with. I know when we were children's evangelists, I, I wouldn't dream at night. I very seldom dream at night. I guess everybody dreams, I just don't remember them. That just shows to show I have a bad memory, okay? But uh, I did a lot of daydreaming. I mean, we worked with children and we had all kind of colorful things and creative things. And, and uh, I mean, my wife didn't even know how to do anything when it came to really public appearance. And uh, she had to have everything written out. And I mean, she really evolved. I mean, if you don't believe in evolution, right there's the gal that evolved. <laughs> the earth didn't evolve, she did though. She, from, from everything written out, pinned onto the puppet stage to, um, man, she, she came up with some doozies. No notes at all, no notes at all. Well, I would get these great ideas and I would, I would dream about these great ideas and some of the dreams were really far-fetched and there was no way they were God because they didn't happen. But, <laughs> but I'd come up with these great ideas and, and uh, I'd tell my wife the ideas and, and she would look at me and she'd say, you're crazy. I knew that was God. <laughs> when she'd tell me I was crazy, I knew that was God. <laughs> and a lot of those things we did. And a lot of things were, were very successful that we did like that. And, and of course, they were just in the raw ideas and we developed them. But uh, they started out with a dream. And a dream can be something that God will often start us with. And, and this type of dream can also be called a promise. It's God's way of blessing us so that we can be a blessing to others. And so my question is, what dream is God giving you? What dream is he giving you for your life? Well, after the dream, the scripture goes on to say in, in verse four of chapter 12, so Abram, this is before God changed his name now, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. So there was a decision that needed to be made. Had to make the decision. Abraham was told to leave all he knew. He was told to walk away from his home, his family, his friends. He had to go to a place that he had never been to before. He had never vacationed in the land of Canaan. He couldn't go to Google and find out anything about Canaan. 
He couldn't go to MapQuest to see which was the best route to get there. God said, go, and Abraham went. When God gives us a dream, he usually couples it with an action, a starting point. And we have to decide whether or not we're going to act upon it or not. We've got to make that decision. We need to understand every dream of God has an element of risk attached to it. It requires a step of faith. Well, after the decision, let's read the next verse. This is in chapter 16. Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So we gotta make a decision, but then there's a delay. Oh, they're tough. Man, are they tough, the delays. 10 years had passed, and there were still no children to fulfill God's promise. We were talking about this the other day in the car, and we were talking about how when we were evangelists, you know, we stayed with people at the beginning, a lot of times in pastor's home for a week, and sometimes in hotels or motels, and, and uh, we wanted a camper really bad. We got a prophecy. We were in North Carolina, right in the mountains, and this lady came up and prophesied to us, you will have a camper before the leaves turn uh, their fall colors. We were, we were just talking about this the other day. We said, I wonder if the leaves have changed yet. <laughs> There's a delay. During these times of waiting, we're tempted to doubt. You know, with the camper, it was, maybe it's not God's will for us to have a camper. Maybe it's just not gonna happen. Oh, we're tempted to take a detour, or a couple detours. Don't even get me into that. We've taken our detours through our, our lifetime. You know, people see, see me up here in the pulpit, and, and yet you say to someone that just comes into the church, uh, well, what do you think God's called you to do? Oh, he's called me to preach. And I just kind of chuckle inside because I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if you realize what you have to go through just to get behind the pulpit like this. Not that I'm anybody, God's called me to do it. And we went through the steps like 100 times. Maybe it's 200 times, I don't know. But there's a time of waiting and then, then we get to this detour part where we, we doubt and we think something else. It, we, we think we missed God or something. And, and this is what happened with Sarai and Abram. You see, as Sarai used the cultural um, norms to that society, knowing that the child born would be theirs if she gave Hagar, her maidservant, to Abram. Well, dreams are rarely fulfilled immediately, and this certainly wasn't the promise that God had made. There seems always to be a time gap between the dream and its reality. And that's because God wants to grow us in our faith. He wants us to believe on him, understanding that he will always come through. Well, next, 
we look at chapter 17, Abraham, he changed his name now, fell faceward, he laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? Abraham's a hundred years old, Sarah's right at 90. Think about this, ladies. How about you have your next child at 90? <laughs> Sister Seymour, I see Bonnie and Drake aren't here. Sister Seymour, she, she lived into her mid-90s, and uh, one day Cindy said, I think I know how we can have some church growth. And she's talking to Sister Seymour, and Sister Seymour, she, she said to Sister Seymour, everyone have another child. And Sister Seymour, just like that, came right back to Cindy and says, well, if you have one, I'll have one. <laughs> Ladies, we're not going there because the guys would probably have a heart attack, okay? All right. Problems develop while we wait. It's where things can go from bad to worse. Not only had Sarah been barren all these years, but now she's too old to have kids. Too old. Well, with God's promise comes God's fulfillment. If you don't remember anything else about this message today, remember this. With God's promise comes God's fulfillment. And Abraham and Sarah had a boy, and they named him Isaac. And do you know what Isaac means? Laughter, laughter. Well, the dream had come, come true. The promise was fulfilled. At this point, we'd be tempted to think the process is over. And this is probably what Abraham thought as well until the next phrase. So number five, let's go to verse, uh, chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. God said, and I, I don't know if you ever read your Bible, put some drama to it. I like to do that at times, okay? God said, take your son. You know, your only son. Whom you love. You know, Isaac. And go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Whoa, there's a dead end. Oh, God allows our dreams to seemingly die as a test of our faith. And I'll give you an example of us when we were children's evangelists. The first year, we made $6,000. But that wasn't the worst of it. We could trust God to take care of our needs. The worst of it was, Man, we had cancellation after cancellation. How in the world are we going to make it? And why did they cancel? Because we had no reputation. Because they really didn't know us from Adam. And we checked with them like two weeks before. Are you all ready? We're uh, going to be at your church at such a... Well, we were thinking about this. And we're, we're going to cancel. There was a dead end there. Oh, but we kept going and God was faithful just like he said he would be. Abraham had received his desired son. 
But now he was being asked to offer him as a sacrifice to God. We're not talking about a Hebrew sacrifice like in the New Testament. We're talking about a Hebrew sacrifice like in the Old Testament. In Hebrews in the New Testament, it says, I want you to be a, I'm sorry, Romans. It says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. That's the sacrifice he wants today. That wasn't what he's talking about back then. No. The test comes in how we're going to react. Will we doubt God's love? Will we doubt his wisdom, his purpose? What God is actually doing is getting us ready for the final phase. The final phase. In chapter 22, verse 12, he says, Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld me, him from me, your own son, your only son. Wow. Wow. There was the deliverance. The deliverance. So just so we get this straight, God is going to take us through these phases many times as we continue to seek and to build his kingdom. And I'm living testimony. We've been through these phases. You never, I never thought about it until I started putting a message together like this. The reason he does this is so that we can keep growing in our faith. In fact, if you're living for the Lord, each one of you is going through one of these phases right now. Let's go to point number two. Keeping the faith while in God's waiting room. This is talking about us. We're talking about Abraham. I should shared with you some of the things that we had gone through. Well, there are several things that come out of what the Apostle Paul says about Abraham. And he's speaking in, uh, to the Roman church. So we're going to Romans chapter 4, if you'd like to turn there. And this is the part on the other side of the page where we're filling in the blanks. As it is written, chapter 4, verse 17, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that are not. The first thing we've got to do, friends, is focus on what God can do. Focus on what God can do. The key is to focus not on what we can do, but what he can do. Paul is saying that God is either, can either bring to life what has died, or he can create something new out of nothing. God can give life to a career, give life to a marriage, or give life to a dream. He can bring life to something that looks and feels like it's dead. In fact, we're told in Luke chapter 18, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What's he talking about? He's talking about a camel going through the eye of a needle. Yeah. Abraham 
didn't put his faith in his God. He didn't put his faith in something that we call positive thinking, the power of positive thinking. He believed God. When we come to those dead ends, we need more than positive thoughts. We need faith in the Lord and in the Lord only. When we get to those dead ends, we need to remember what God can do. Because what's impossible for us is very possible for God. Because all things with God are possible. Well, this leads us to the second thing that we need to consider while we're in God's waiting room. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham uh, in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as, it has, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So trust God's promises. Point number two, trust God's promises. <coughs> Even while it looked like Abraham, it was hopeless to have kids, Abraham beyond all, all hope, when hope seemed dead, in hope he believed. In hope he believed. How can we tell if hope is dying within us? Let me tell you one sure sign. It's not the only sign, but one sure sign is when you start using the word never or impossible. Did you see the flyer out on the, the banner out on the wall out there? We were trying to think of a theme for the Kids Crusade and and we, we came up with the theme, Mission Possible. Why? Because there's nothing impossible with God. Amen. Amen. Abraham, oh, I got skipped ahead here. There we are. Abraham um, did uh, this when everything seemed dead. He kept his faith in God. He kept his faith in the word of God. Nothing, friends, is more reliable than God's word. In Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, it says, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Abraham was at a dead end. He knew God was speaking to him. He knew God had given him his son. He knew that he had to be obedient. We've come this far. I've got to be obedient to God. I mean, Abraham didn't panic. He didn't plead. He didn't disobey. He just believed God's word and did what the Lord asked him to do. When the trials of life come, when God tests our faith, asking us to sacrifice our dreams, we can, like Abraham, beyond all hope, in hope, believe. In hope, believe. Well, the next thing says in verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Face the facts. Face the facts. 
Abraham recognized they were past their childbearing years. To have kids was a medical impossibility. Abraham doesn't deny the fact. Instead, he faces the facts with faith. Faith doesn't ignore reality. I remember one time, I think we were up in New England someplace, guy had a broken arm, and someone said, oh, that arm's not broken, God's healed it. Oh, wait a minute, it's broken. We can thank God for the healing, but it's broken. Let's not deny the facts. Faith is facing the facts without being discouraged by them. Here's what Martha Tennyson says. Some of you, uh, you, she's been here. Some of you know who she is and some of you don't. She's a wild woman evangelist. But she's getting older now, isn't she? (laughs) She says, this is what they say. Now let's see what God says. Now let's see what God says. Well, let's, let's move on to the last point. Verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. So the last thing we do while in God's waiting room is rejoice in anticipation. Rejoice in anticipation. Let me go back to our life again. Before we even knew God had called us to do children's evangelism, graduated from college, waiting with anticipation, we rejoiced every time we thought a door was opening. We rejoiced in the fact that we knew God had called us into ministry full time. And so, that's where you need to be, is rejoice. And he tells us, stay busy. Keep your hands working. Notice he rejoiced before the fact before the promise was ever achieved. When we thank God for something after it happens, that's gratitude. But when we thank God before it ever happens, that's faith. That's faith. When Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, his purpose was to raise him from the dead. But before he made the command for Lazarus to come forth, I don't know if you've ever noticed the prayer that he prays. He says, Father, thank you that you've already heard me. Jesus was thanking the Father in advance. Our faith isn't seen after the fact. It's seen before the fact. It's thanking God for his hand moving for his deliverance for whatever it might be even in the midst of the storm thanking you you know something friends the only thing the world can offer us is wishful thinking that's it just wishful thinking the world hopes for the best but it's Christ 
can turn our hopeless dead ends into endless hope. And if you're at your dead end, believe God's word, face the facts, and rejoice. I just know that you'll know.